0: Well, happy Friday, everybody. Glad to be back again for another action-packed week. Welcome back to Black Friday, episode 14, where these opinions are not for sale. Uh, my name's Christian. We got Omar. We got Chris. We got a special guest today. We got James Dunn at the Dunn Right podcast.
1: Gotta go check that guy out. James, why don't you introduce yourself, man? Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm James from the Dunright Podcast. Uh, used to be a U.S. Air Force firefighter. Uh, now I'm back in politics. and I'm, I'm doing conservative stuff uh, over at Dunright Podcast. We're trying to lift up uh, conservative voices that haven't been really heard before. And, you know, trying to break through that social media stuff and, and do, having fun doing it along the way. So thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited to be here. Man, no, thanks for coming on. And we're excited to have you.
0: It's really nice to be able to bring people on each week, get a new perspective, and uh, you know, get a, get a different view of things. Man, so this week, uh, you know, hey, we're gonna we're gonna be busy for a while. That's good. It's also not so great, you know, in in all senses of everything going on. But we had the inauguration this week. Uh, we got a ton of executive orders being rolled out. We're gonna get into all of that. But uh, yeah, first thing first, we have the inauguration. It happens. I mean, I got plenty of thoughts on it. Besides the fact that it was a <laughs> it was a snooze fest, empty event. But I, I mean, there's a little bit more
2: to it, uh, man. Chris, what, Chris, what do you got for us there on the inauguration? Well, let's just say that the inauguration was a like you said, a giant snooze fest. Very boring. I don't think anybody ex- expected much excitement from uh, the sleepiest president I think we've ever had. Um, I know none of us were too excited about it. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I was working. I didn't even <laughs> really uh, tune in. I, I was looking for the highlights to see what would happen. I saw a lot of pictures of it. It really looked like uh, uh, it was just the opposite of an internment camp. They were trying to keep Joe Biden in or keep us out. We don't know which, which way it goes, but it, was, uh, it wasn't a great look. But they're going to probably count those National Guardsmen as uh, attendees and say they had more people than Trump. We'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm assuming that's how it's going to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, talking about the National Guard, now, now that you brought it up, it, it came to my attention, it, it seems to have been confirmed by many numerous National Guard members that there had been uh, extensive uh, gleaning and looking into the National Guardsmen's uh, social media profiles and just into their overall history, whether or not they follow or like certain things like the NRA or even, heck, even Turning Point USA. And if they had such ties, uh, a lot of them were turned away from the capital. weren't weren't allowed to you know to be there at the inauguration. And baffled, I'm, I'm baffled to say it the least. Um, I, I thought it was absolutely disgusting that something like that would actually happen. You know, in America now we're in 2020 of all things, and people are literally getting sent home from you know doing their job in the military of all things for having a political opinion that might support the constitution that they're sent to uphold and defend. And that's where we're at now, you know, as a country. Absolutely crazy to me. No,
2: this seems honestly like it's a political cleansing. And as much as they compared Trump to the Nazis, man, they're they're starting off like they're cosplaying as uh, as a Nazi. Like you're, you're cleansing your own military, basically saying that we, we can't trust those who have sworn to protect and serve because they may have a different opinion than us. I mean, it, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't remember Trump ever doing that. Um, I don't remember that ever happening, even though they claim Trump was literally Hitler many times. Uh, it's, this is just uh, the hypocrisy is shining through and we're not even a week into this. And it's gonna be a, an interesting <laughs> and entertaining four years. As sad as it might be, it, that hopefully it'll still be entertaining. Uh, James, what do you think
1: uh I mean uh so kind of bringing my veteran uh perspective into the background i'm I'm absolutely disgusted of what I saw with the national Guards and how they were treated um it It's just absolutely like un- inexcusable I think the way they were treated this weekend from the, the the looking into their their backgrounds I mean to play devil's advocate a little bit when you're in the military members you're told that you're not supposed to be openly political you're not supposed to you know support a candidate whether it be uh, republican or democrat just mostly because you want to maintain that 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 phase that like hey you know what we're going to support whatever commander in chief that we have um and execute those orders effectively and efficiently as best as we can but at the same time it's like to it, only look at um, conservative people in the military. I'm sure there was a bunch of outwardly liberal people and uh, people don't think that like the military is a direct representation of the population just because there's a lot of people in the military doesn't necessarily mean there's not going to be any liberals or outward liberals either. So if they were just discriminating against purely conservatives, uh, you know, that's just not that's not good. And then on top of that, just the treatment of the military members that were out there on a holiday weekend where they should have been home with their families. These are national guardsmen. These are guys that are not used to being in deployed locations or out, you know, being gone for months at a time. These are guys that are usually used in auxiliary um, situations in which, you know, like, Hey, we had a, 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 a medical crisis or a national disaster. They're used to going out and, you know, being back with their families. And so to like pull them out like this and then treat them so horribly, not have the right living facilities for them. I mean, to have thousands of National Guardsmen that have to share one bathroom with two stalls, one outlet, and they have to use one of the outlets for a heater, like, it's just absolutely disgusting. And I wish I could say I was surprised, but during my time as in the military, we saw stuff like this all the time. We saw sequestration under the President Obama, and we saw uh, many members of the military go on deployments, go to Iraq, serve their country, risk their lives, and then come home to a pink slip saying that, hey, you got 30 days because you're being laid off because you didn't make rank in time. Or we want to retire you a little bit early so that we can save some money. So um, at, there's certain points where I even had to bring my own toilet paper to work when I was in the military under the, uh, the Obama administration. And I'm not surprised that I'm going to see an extension of the Obama administration under the Biden administration. And this is we're going to see expect a lot more of this to come. The reason why you hadn't heard about the military in the last eight years is because President Trump treated them right. I mean, you can look at it this way. When's the last time you heard about a military casualty in the Middle East? Trust me, the liberal media would have told you about it. And if there was a bunch of them, they would have told you about it. But there wasn't any. And so you're going to see a stark contrast between conservatives and liberals in this next administration about how they treat the military. And you're not going to like it. It's going to be it's going to be something that you're going to want to pay attention to. Omar. Well, as you know, I'm
3: more of the um, policy and historical nerd of this um, great group we have. Uh, So usually I watch inauguration, why? Because I'm the nerd about the peaceful transfer of power. I'm a nerd about pomp and circumstance and things like that. I like the ambiance of it when right after you get sworn in, they're playing hail to the chief, uh, th- things like that. That makes me excited. I wasn't excited about yesterday. Um, I watched it because it's it's just tradition for me to watch it. Even though I was working, I was at a work fair at Georgia Southern. Um, I, I still watched it on my phone. Uh, to Because I still like witnessing the peaceful transfer of power and it was still peaceful. Um, a lot of people didn't think it wasn't a lot of people thought Trump was going to try to lock down the white house. No, he did not. He left, he left graciously and he landed. Um, and he's going about his business, even though the Senate wants to convict him, which I still think is unconstitutional, but a lot of people disagree with me. So, um, but, um, I, I did not like watching certain parts of it. Though Joe Biden's speech was, terrible he should have came out and said hey people that supported trump you know i hear your concerns and we are going to come together to the table and find common ground so i wanted him to say that or at least to and he should have said it to say at least i said it or at least i tried you know um but but you know what it keeps consistent with his message of, of saying, I'm the president now, you're gonna do as you're told. So maybe so maybe he wasn't hypocritical. Maybe he was, was being consistent like Bernie probably would've if he would've stood up there or Kamala Harris if she was stood up there as president, not as vice president. But um, I didn't, of course, I did not like how our uh, military was treated. My grandfather served in World War II. My dad was a Marine. My uncle was in the army. My cousin is now serving in the army um, in Seattle, Washington, uh, or wherever the base is. I, I think he's near Seattle somewhere. Um, I would have been there too, had it not been for my diabetes. Big strong military presence in my family. Um, and I was disgusted, my dad was disgusted at what he saw. Um, my uncle did not like what he saw and my grandfather would have been really pissed um, if he was alive and what us, God rest his soul. Um, so it, so I I say all that to say, um, when Joe Biden said, God bless our troops after the end of his speech, that part was very hypocritical. Um, he's the commander in chief now. He should have done better. He should have made provisions better for these folks. If you're going to bring all these folks in, make better provisions, do your job, Mr. Biden, do your job. Because now it's yours. So,
0: yeah, it's the whole coming together and unity always sounded nice. They preached about it during the debates, you know, leading mm-hmm. up to the election, all those things. That went out the window the second this thing was wrapped up and over. We knew dang well what we're getting into, what it's going to be through big tech, through Surfing through you know, military members, the National Guards, like what they like like and follow and things that they've been involved with in their previous you know, engagements in life. That's not what they wanted at all. It was a straight it was a flat out lie. Uh, I still think things are going to get worse before they get better. Uh, I don't see us coming together anytime soon. Now, I'm being 100 percent honest. Call me device and call me whatever. I don't know if I want to come together with these types of people. I don't know if I want to. I really, I'm 100%. Honest. I don't think I want to. Way too, way too different, and we value way too many different things. Morals are on the opposite side of the spectrum, and that's I, I kind of drawn a line. I don't see anything, any sort of similarity in regards to where I see anything eye to eye with them. They don't see anything eye to eye with me, and we're supposed to coexist together like things are just fine when they're out there calling openly violent things upon us, calling us horrible names. And it's not getting any better anytime soon. It's really not. So that's that's where I'm at with it. Uh, I don't know about y'all. Um, you see me rocking the ice. I, the I got a question for you, Christian. <laughs> What's
3: up? Okay, um, it, when I was in uh, undergrad, for those of you who don't know, I'm in grad school. So when I was in ungr- undergrad, I had a professor that um, specialized in international relations and comparative politics. Uh, he used to say all the time, people that are in countries like Germany and France think we're crazy um, when we talk about political division and parties because we think we're so divided. But in France's view, in Germany's view, we're so much together. They're They're the ones that are really divided. They have a whole bunch of crazy people running for these offices and actually winning them. Um, that are probably more extreme than our extremes. So I I guess my question is, do you think we've become like that? We've become like France to where um, our extremism is showing and that they're wrong in saying we're more together than apart?
0: Yeah, I don't think we're all that together at all. Um, The media has played a giant role in where we are right now in the country. Uh, if people turned off the TV and turned off the news and everything like that, walked outside, I think we'd all get along just fine. Unfortunately, that hasn't been the case the last five years. Uh, in the news and media, they've convinced people that uh, they're evil. That not that they think they're evil; that they know they're evil. That they hate people that look differently than them, people that might have a different religion than them, and they've called for you know, acts of violence. You know, sitting Congress people that said to get in their face, to you know, raise hell, to give them hell. And all those types of things. But we're not by any means more together than we were before, you know, in the last five, six years. We're more than I've ever seen before, you know, and actually paying attention to this stuff. It's bad. Families are getting driven apart by this. Actual families. We always thought that families were above politics. We're being shown right now that that's not the case in a lot of households. And it's really, really sad. But that's literally where we're at as a country. It's very, very sad. Everything is politicized, whether it's COVID, uh, sports. You know, science, media, every everything, everything has a slant to it. Everything has an angle to it. Everything has some sort of, it's been perverted in some sort of way. There's not nothing is pure anymore. I can't think of anything that's pure anymore out there, you know, and that's just where we're at. And in regards to those countries, those countries are minuscule in comparison to the United States, you know, the size of them. And still, we're, man, we're one side of the spectrum here, one side of the spectrum over there you know and you know there's a lot of everyday americans that just want to live their life and be left alone i think there's a lot of them there but you know they'd never know that they'd never know that they turn on the tv that think that we're exactly way too far on the opposite side of the spectrum and the more they watch it the more they believe it the more they believe it, the more they're going to become that and that's where we're at with it that's genuinely what i think's going on
3: um, um i'll pitch it to you chris and you james um well, what do y'all think about that? Do y'all think um, France is right? And even though we're not coming together, we're more alike than we are not alike or or, or is it more complicated than that? What, what do y'all think?
2: Well, I'll, I'll, I'll start and I'll say that, you know, like Omar, uh, I, I was a political science major, um, you know, so this definitely is a little up my alley. Uh, I think that in the United States, we are becoming more and more, uh, you know, we are becoming more polarized on both ends. And this is not me. You know, I, of course, lean to the right, but the right does the exact same thing that the left does. They've been calling every single Democrat that ran for president in the last 30, 40, 50 years a communist. And the left has been calling every Republican a Nazi. Uh, it's It's been happening for so long, it's been happening longer than any of us have been alive, and it's going to continue and it's going to get worse. And every single person who dissents is now an enemy, you know, and we're, we're seeing that in the Republican Party now, not saying that's bad because a lot of Republicans are somewhat the enemy because they're, you know, choosing their career over, you know, serving their constituents in the way that they promised. And that I, I agree with, they are the enemy. But it's happened a lot where, you know, you'll have a conservative who will stick up for conservative values, but it'll go against the, the, the mainstream or what, what is widely accepted. Or on the left, you'll have somebody who'll stand up a more moderate, maybe left-leaning con- congressman or senator who'll stand up for American values rather than the left-leaning liberal bias that is, you know, pushed on that side of the aisle and then he's seen as the enemy or she's seen as the enemy. So I, I think that we're, we're getting to the point where, you know, France and the rest of Europe are going to have to say like, yeah, we may only have two parties, but they're getting very, very polarized and it's only increasing and it's only going to get worse. And it's not, I don't see us coming together anytime soon. Joe Biden is most definitely not the president of unity. And uh, this is going to be, this is going to be a long four years. There's going to be violence. There's going to be a, a lot of, uh, I think that there's people are going to die. People are going to kill each other. Um, they've been doing it. Um, and it's going to continue. So, uh, unfortunately don't want to have to say that, but it's, it's, it's my assumption and I, I think I'm going to be
1: right. Uh, yeah. So I, 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 pseudo agree with you on that, but I, I, I kind of find myself on the little bit of the optimism of this. Um, uh, the one one of the big things that I, I I took away from so I was a political science major as well and I took a class and I took a class that was called uh, Politics of Happiness which it started off as like everyone was like oh man this is gonna be a cupcake class but it was actually a really good um, course because it really talked about what why certain politics work in certain nations right and so like for like we went into Russia and like Middle East and, and you you uh, the Western Europe and One of the big things is like nation states work. Right. So like when you have a a body of people that share a common culture, values system, language um, and just overall, just goals that nation tends to work out. And so like I'm old enough to remember the early 2000 politics where difference between Republicans and Democrats was pretty minuscule. Like we had different means of wanting to get to the same place. But at the same time, we were still trying to all do the same thing. we were all working toward the same goal. I don't feel like we're that we're there anymore. I feel like Democrats are trying to break down the American system so they can build a new socialistic one and, they, and the conservatives are trying to preserve another s- system. The value systems are completely different. There's God and faith and and, um, and, and family values on one side and then there is like Marxist policies and, and, and diversity in the other ones not like necessarily diversity in a bad thing but only focusing on what makes us difference and what i love about conservatism is it, it like what bonds it together right that we're all part of the same united nation that we're part of conservative values that we believe in freedom of speech we believe in the second amendment we believe in all the same things and oftentimes as a conservative i've never felt like oh i'm different i'm different i'm I'm treated differently because, you know, I have brown skin and I, I'm a conservative, right? Like, it's always been like, oh, hey, I like guns, too. Like, that's what makes me a conservative. And so I think what's going to have to happen is we're just going to have to do a better job as conservatives on branding on what the truth is. And it's been really easy to, like, pick apart what's going on. And I think this Joe Biden administration is going to make it a lot more easy for us to um, pick apart like what's the gaslighting that the media has been doing. For the longest time, you know, we've been hearing like Donald Trump isn't doing enough or that Donald Trump isn't doing this or Donald Trump isn't doing that. And that if the Democrats were in charge and they they were able to control everything, that everything would be great and everything's gonna be perfect, cool. Now they have that opportunity for the next two years at least until midterm elections to prove to everybody that The Democrat way is going to is going to change things. They have 100 percent complete control and they get to do 100 percent of what they want to do. Now, if nothing changes in the next two to three years, then we get we as conservatives get to go, Okay, they had their way. And guess what? Are you better off under Donald Trump or were you better off under Joe Biden? And I know the answer is going to be extremely clear by the end of this. I mean, look at the first day we were talking about it offshore. 50,000 Pipeliners are about to lose their job on the first day of Joe Biden being president. And then he's already talking about getting rid of fracking. He's already talking about he hasn't met with Black Lives Matter. He's broken so many promises on his first day that it's already being something that we can we can point toward.
0: You just, man, you you hit those segues and those transitions so perfectly, man. I I, want to Michael Knowles, so yeah. Look, He's absolutely perfect with this, man. Executive orders. Omar, this is right up your alley here. Uh, We we just started talking about the Keystone Pipeline here. Why don't don't you go give a brief overview here for our our listeners here that might not have got the full details or if they want to know a little bit more about what's going on.
2: Uh, You're You're muted.
3: (laughs) Yes, indeed. This happens in meetings too. (laughs) Um, Before I do uh, go into my three, because I'm going to talk about three tonight more in depth. I am going to, um, goodness, I just had it. Here it is. Um, I am going to briefly mention um, some more uh, executive orders that were signed um, in the past couple of days and I want to say I think this is a record for the past three days or well two and a half 30 can you believe it people are always on and this is on both sides people are always talking about um, oh the president has too much power the president's too much. The president should be shouldn't be doing this or that now we're seeing 30 executive orders which you which arguably are unconstitutional anyway. Arguably, um, I believe they have a place, but they have their place. They're not supposed to, c- Congress is supposed to do like legislation, not the president. Um, so now there are, there are 30 of them, like I just said, and here goes just some of them. Some of them are on the economy. Some of them are specific to COVID. Some of them reverse a lot of Trump um Policies, which is what Joe Biden wants to do. He wants to destroy Trump's legacy. Um, some, let's let me see. Okay, one of them was we're re-enrolling into the World Health Organization. So now we're going to work with them again, and we're sending Dr. Anthony Fauci to become the head delegation to the World Health Organization. Um, And that is a reversal of the Trump administration. Another big one, um, I'm not gonna go into depth tonight um, about it, but it's really big. We have rejoined the Paris Climate Accord. That will take up to 30 days to rejoin, but Trump pulled us out because he said it was, huh? Waste of money. Yeah, Yeah, Trump pulled us out because we're gonna be wasting money and resources and time into it, it was a bad deal. It was not pro-American, um, so he pulled us out. Not that people don't, not that we as Republicans don't care about the environment, we do um, in a lot of ways, but that was a terrible deal. Um, one, another one, um, which is geared towards equity, is res- the, he. Res- Joe Biden has rescinded the Trump administration's 1776 commission and directs agencies to review their actions to ensure racial equity. Um, equity, not but, equality. Huh? Equity. equity, not equality. Equity.
0: equity. That's
3: man, what, what's that's, equity, that's, Omar. That's what,
0: man. what is equity?
3: Um, equity is hard to define. Okay, the, have you ever seen the? Um, I guess it's not really a full meme, but there, there's people. I've seen it circulate on Facebook many times. It shows that uh, it shows three people, one tall, one medium and one short getting to see the game. They're not actually at the game, but they get to see the game from the fence. The tall person can see it because he's tall. Short person can see it. Uh, can't see it because he's short and the middle person can barely see it. Well, equity would reverse it and give those resources um, that the tall person would used to be able to see because they all had one box i'll say this they were all standing on one box um so the short person would get both the two boxes the middle person would get one and the tall person would get none so basically it's like redistributing wealth or redistributing resources to help the lesser uh person But anyway, here here goes a few more before I get into my um, targeted ones tonight.
0: Um, Institute equity. How does the government enforce equity? How do they get equity done? I argue that you can't.
3: I argue that you can't. While we have acts, while we um, have a right to private property, and without taking
0: something, you can't. No. Um. Possible. But
3: uh, another another executive order requires non-citizens to be included in the census and apportionment of congressional representatives. So therefore, if they're in the census, that means they can be counted. And that means that um, not only will um, the maps change, but federal money will change and they will go to those new Congress people or those new districts, Um, which is really, really crazy. Uh, Let me... See, um, and one more um, that I'm not gonna go into depth tonight because um, I already chose Keystone Pipeline to talk about, even though James already mentioned it for us. Um, the Okay, so there's an executive order that Ronald Reagan started. He started this tradition called the Global Gag Rule, which means um, they did, America was funding abortions abroad, so um, the Hyde Amendment, which was instituted to keep federal money out of abortions in the United States, was not necessarily uh, translated to uh, other countries. So Ron, so what Ronald Reagan did in the 80s, he signed this rule in order to make sure that fed our tax dollars were not going to organizations that supported abortion um, procedures around the world. Uh, there was no need for Bush to uh, re that because it was already law and Bush succeeded Reagan, right? And then when Clinton came in, Clinton reversed it. Uh, when, but, when Bush Jr., when W came in, he reversed that and brought in the global gag rule. Obama reversed that decision when he came into office Trump reversed that decision when he came into office and reinstituted it, and now Joe Biden has followed suit, and now we are funding abortions around the world. That, and now I will say, unless um, we uh, change our law or get the courts to say, hey, abortion is murder, that is gonna go back and forth between Democrat and Republican presidents. That's something to expect. There was something I was expecting day one which um, my uh, foreknowledge for came to be. Um, those are just some of the um, executive orders. Again, there's 30 of them. There's a lot of them that are supposed to enhance COVID um, restrictions and are supposed to fight COVID, but those were those were just some highlights. But here are three of them I wanted to talk about tonight that we can comment on. Um, And James hinted at it. The Keystone Pipeline is canceled. So there is a pipeline. I can't remember where it's. I know it's in Canada. can't remember
2: what part of Canada. Alberta, I believe. Alberta? I I Uh, believe.
3: Yeah. So the Keystone Pipeline, it starts there and then it goes through major parts of the United States. It's supposed to, we we were supposed to have 50,000 jobs out of it. It's supposed to also Keep gas prices low. It, it it would have brought a lot of good for America, but a, a lot of climate change people were against it because it it's going to apparently endanger the climate. It's going to endanger national park. It's going to endanger a lot of a lot of um, land, or or at least that's what they say. So um, of course the projects was supposed to start under the obama administration of course obama did not want to start it trump i believe through executive order did start it and now joe biden has stopped it which is going to as james noted uh canceled 50 000 hard working jobs which of course joe biden said he wasn't going to ban fracking but now he has essentially Done something along the lines of that. What do you What do you guys think about it? I mean,
0: what What do we have to expect now in regards to uh, being you know independent on oil or our gas prices? We
3: We get a lot of oil. We get a lot of our reserve oils. We have reserves, obviously. Um, we get, We do get some from Saudi Arabia, and that peninsula where Qatar is and um, all of those countries are um, in the Arabic world and we do get a lot from Canada. That's something I had to learn in the past few days. We get a lot of oil from Canada. Apparently, we're still going to get a lot of oil from Canada, but um, it. I'll say this. Gas prices were pretty low while this Keystone Pipeline was... Um, running and now okay. we're seeing it and and i mean i'm telling you i just get i just gassed up maybe yesterday right um and from the day that biden said he was going to cancel it up till now gas prices have skyrocketed for me
1: at least 50 or 60 cents per gallon yeah i'd love to um, jump in on this one so yeah the the one the one thing that i can say that it to kind of put the emphasis on this is why the Keystone pipeline is so important and it makes no sense to me why environmentalists do not like it is we're going to use gas and we're going to keep continue to use gas Mm -hmm. until they come up with a viable solution, um, for, uh, electric cars or, or sustainable cars in the future. Uh, unfortunately right now, these electric vehicles that they have, especially like the electrical trucks that they have been talking about, cannot take the load of major transportation. So like, California did this executive order kind of uh, earlier last year, where they talked about no diesel or no car, or whatever uh, petroleum-based vehicles will be allowed in California after in what 2025 or 2030, something relatively close. So good luck trying to get your food and trying to get your stuff. Mm-hmm. But now instead of using a pipeline to distribute the, this uh, oil to these to these areas, you're going to have to truck in this gas. So you're actually going to have to burn more petroleum and more gas to transport petroleum and gas which is going to be way worse on the environment supposedly way more, more worse on the environment than pipelining it and it's also more cost effective right you don't have to pay a trucker to drive across america with petroleum to get to the gas station and uh burning more oil right so like for example we have a pop- pipeline that goes between texas and arizona and so the closer you are to that pipeline, the cheaper your gas is. It just between Phoenix and Arizona, or Phoenix and Tucson where that pipeline ends, it is a 60 cent difference between uh, gas prices. And it's in the same state, in the same area with the same taxes. 60 cent difference with the pipeline. So. For these liberals that are talking about their anti pipeline, they really don't know what they're talking about. And it's a lot of these radical liberals that just don't want to use gas at all, but they don't have a solution to replace it. So unfortunately, they're just going to have to pay more for gas.
2: Yeah, uh, I I want to hop on this as well. So this this is just you know completely agree with what he just said. Uh, it makes no absolutely no sense. One of their biggest crying points is you know what if there's an oil spill? You had a lot of uh, white saviors who were talking about how the Native American land that it might run through and how it's going to destroy them and there, you had Native Americans like yeah you they bought our land every single square inch of land that the Keystone pipeline was going to run through was bought and paid for at market prices, fair market prices, and Native Americans were fine with that. They were cool with just selling the land, but you had white saviors who were, you know, protesting and, you know, yeah, of course there were Native Americans, they are protesting as well, but the majority who were living there, I mean, you had people who were bust in to protest, and then I don't know if you guys saw the all the pictures after protests where they leave garbage everywhere and they don't clean up after themselves when they're protesting, you know, uh, <laughs> the environment uh, or destroying the environment, and it, it, it makes no sense. It, it's going to be cheaper with the Keystone pipeline. It's going to be cleaner because like, like James said, you don't have to burn fuel to get fuel to Texas to get it refined and then sent out all across the, uh, the country. And then also, there's no, spillage in uh, pipelines is extremely low, extremely low. It is much more likely that your truck will crash and spill and harm the environment than a the pipeline bursting or the pipeline having a leak or a spill. It is it, it's, it's extremely unlikely. It's much safer. It's much cleaner for the environment. This is just another Democrat talking point where, honestly, white people just want to feel good about saying that they did something. And you know, and it, it's the white savior complex. And of course, all races. But you know, you have that the white knight liberal who are like you know they put on their fedora and they say I saved a minority today and they can sleep easy on their, you know, $2,000 bed and have a $10,000 fridge with their ice cream, Nancy Pelosi, you know? So it, it's it's ridiculous. Um, I, I'm really hoping that somebody realizes that this was actually good for the country, but Democrats don't know it's good for the country. No,
0: and the media will spin it like it's the greatest thing, you know, the, to God's green earth that the Houston pipeline was canceled with no regards to people's livelihoods, uh, their families or the, surrounding ecosystem and ecology around everything that it's going to affect and how
1: everything's going to change. Wow. I would like to, I would like to say congratulations to Joe Biden there is 50,000 more republicans than there were yesterday. <laughs> Can't wait
2: till 2022. Let's see what happens.
1: Yeah, you just you just ruined union paying jobs to an alienated 50,000 people. Thank you. Union year, paying 20, jobs? Yep. 2022. Yeah, the union we'll, president we'll canceling see- union jobs
0: we'll see we'll see you soon could the unions actually flip red for once could some major unions actually flip that way
1: so it what's crazy is like i'm from las vegas which is a strong heavily union union town right Mm -hmm. um and it really benefits a lot of people to be in the unions there uh especially with the long hours and like the 24-hour town like they a lot of people get really abused with the work schedules there Mm -hmm. um but what you're starting to see is that these unions kind of separate like i think you're going to start to see the death of the unions um, especially after this covid crisis and shows how much they didn't really do anything for anybody so like especially like the teachers unions i was friends with a lot of teachers in texas and they were talking about how these teachers unions did not really care at all about what the wishes and the demands are of the teachers a lot of teachers wanted to go back to school get you know they knew the risks and they wanted to be back in the classrooms with their kids and the unions absolutely demanded that they didn't want it because they knew that these teachers were going to get paid a little bit more to stay at home and that they were going to be able to pay more union dues right like they're a slave to these these unions so i think you're actually going to see more of a destruction of the union um rather than you're actually going to see like unions turn red uh, mm. because these people aren't really doing anything for anybody anymore it's 2021 if you have a union strife and you're having problems like social media is the way to go and like we shame these people into things like all the remember what we heard about amazon and the poor working conditions there and then they got shamed on social media that cost them zero amount of dollars and they got working conditions uh, change and they don't have to pay a union. So I think unions are a bit outdated and we're going to start to see that in the next couple of years.
0: I sure hope so. I really mm-hmm. hope so at least. What do, you, what do you got next for the, your executive order? Lamar?
3: All right. Um, actually, I don't know what order you have them uh, but Do you have them in a specific order when I send them to you? Oh, I got here, I got but I mean, we can... Let's oh, talk, okay, uh, um, let's talk let's let's about talk talk, Muslim ban, Muslim ban. Right. and I put it in air quotes because I don't believe it was an actual Muslim ban, it was just a ban on certain countries that happened to be majority Muslim. Um, so Trump did institute that. He, I don't think it was going to be a long term uh ban anyway, but he did it for. He instituted this ban of travel to certain uh, majority Muslim countries because of security reasons. I mean, these people really, and when I say these people, I meant whoever is empowering these countries do not like us, they're not pro-America, um, and there were security concerns. And so he instituted this. I think it was actually a 90-day ban, which... Um, either was halted or they let continue until it was over. It, one of the two, um, I apologize for not knowing the exact answer on that. But um, because it was branded by the media as a Muslim ban, Joe Biden was against it. I mean, every single liberal and socialist was against it. So of course, Joe Biden um, reverses that executive
0: order. Uh, what do you guys have to say on it? Um, stopping terrorists from entering this country is a good thing that's what i'll say about that number one uh number two yeah the media is gonna go play it off like it's the worst thing in the world um you know if, if americans are supposed to come first here in this country which they currently are not in this administration as mm-hmm. we have seen these executive orders um we got to take care of our own people first And that's exactly what this is doing uh People in regimes that shout death to America all the time shouldn't get our taxpayer dollars, shouldn't get any pallets of cash, shouldn't get anything. And we should probably vet who these people are coming into our country and actually like, like look into who they are because that's, that's what a country does is they look at who comes in and who goes out. That's mm-hmm. really what a country's supposed to do. I don't know why it seems so taboo now that we're in the 21st century in the year 2021, <coughs> totally foreign. And it's something we've never done before. Yes, we should extremely vet people that come here from the Middle East, from all over the world, to make sure that they're coming into America with decent intentions, and aren't going to do anything bad. It's just common sense. It's just really common sense. But they call it a Muslim ban for what it is. My goodness, you know, the worst, absolute worst.
3: Mm. Uh, James, Chris, what you got? Go ahead,
1: Chris.
2: Uh, I'll say didn't ban enough of them. And I don't mean Muslims. I mean, they didn't put enough countries on this list. Put more countries (laughs) on this list. Too many countries hate America. Don't come to America. We don't need you here. We actually have an abundance of people who are trying to work right now because we have a welfare state and we don't need you to come Mm. and, you know, burden our payroll on that welfare state. You know, I, I want people to come here who actually want to come here and, you know, better their lives. I, I, a big believer in that. I've said this on this podcast before. I want a big, beautiful wall with a big, beautiful door, but I'm not, I'm not, I have no sympathy. I have no empathy for those that hate our lifestyle and hate us and they then chant death to America, like Christian said, and then want to come over here or they want our welfare. Or they want our our foreign aid. No, not a dollar for you. Banned. But, you know, Joe Biden wants to bend over for every country that hates us. So
1: we'll we'll see four years of that. Yeah, so I 100 I, percent I agree. And I'm going to point out the hypocrisy in this this week that you saw Joe Biden vet his own personal military because they were a national security threat to him. And that was acceptable and that was lauded by the military and lauded by the, you know, the media that it was okay to go through the, the national guard and to make sure that they're okay to be in the white house and the white in the Capitol, because it's his personal protection, but he doesn't want to do the same thing when it comes to our own national security mm-hmm. and for own people. That's he doesn't it. want to vet these kind of people coming into the country. He wants to be politically correct. And he wants to make friends with people that don't really care about us too much. It, it just goes to show the Democrat, uh, policy of that they don't really care about the nation that they're They serve, they serve mm-hmm. about the global community and they want to be they want to be able to virtue signal. And at the end of the day, how are you going to treat, uh, you know, people from a terrorist ridden country better than your own National Guard? That makes no sense to me. And so like I, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's just like it just goes back to the liberal hypocrisy of mm-hmm. we'd rather virtue signal to you. Yeah. and be hypocrites then actually do what's right for the American people. And and these are the two worlds that we were living in when I was talking about before. We're living in two completely different nations right now, with two completely different ideals. And this just really highlights that.
3: Yeah, it it is crazy. It's terrible. I think it just brings up a whole bunch of security concerns. And I do want to make mention of this. We're not saying we don't like Muslims, folks. That is not what we're saying that's at all. Cool. I know several Muslims and they're great people. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love
0: them to death, very hospitable. Can I make a clarification, world? Omar? Can I make a Yeah, for those of you that don't know, Muslim is not a race. Um, right. For the people that don't realize, Muslim isn't a race. If you're racist to Muslim? that's not a race. You can't be racist to, to <laughs> that's something that's not a race. Okay, all absolutely. right, just clear it up. Go ahead, Omar. No,
3: no, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> but, you, you know, we, you know, it's a difference between the people who practice the religion. They're black Muslims too, um, they're white Muslims. There are a lot of different uh, Muslim people who practice Islam um, and we respect them and we love them. I'm, I'm a Christian, so I love them with the love of the Lord, Jesus Christ, who, who does love those folks. Um, but it, what I will say is the people that are in power in those countries, the people that do like to come over to our country, a lot of them are good folks and a lot of them are bad folks. We're trying to weed out the bad ones. That was one of the only ways we could do that or at least it was a 90 day rule, So, right? So like, what what happens in 90 days? Um, And jobs, and a lot of companies do this for their jobs when they're bringing someone on to a a job. You, You know, you give them 90 days, show them what if they can get a handle on things, then you give them benefits. That that's what Trump basically was doing, um, and people had a problem with it, and it's it's terrible. Another um, executive order I wanted to talk about, and this is my last one. I'm gonna let Chris talk about um, a couple of things later on. But um, Biden has halted the construction of the wall. Um, so basically. It, you know everyone knows trump wanted a border wall to hamper down on um people crossing our border illegally we have a lot of people every year coming into our country illegally and that's not to say i don't want people in this country that from other countries i want people to come i want them to come legally though i want people to come because we do get a lot of great doctors and lawyers that are actually immigrants um and they uh, they contribute to our society and they contribute to our country and their law abiding citizens. I'm for that. I'm not for you coming and breaking our law by entering in illegally. Um, I believe Trump um, had the same sentiments. And so he wanted to build a wall, especially in the in the worst parts of where illegal immigration was happening. A lot of border towns were actually getting helped by this. The way he was doing it was he declared it a national emergency and I think diverted some Pentagon funds and FEMA funds. I could be wrong on that, but he diverted funds from the budget in order to fund the national emergency, which was the wall. Um, Biden's executive order rescinds that. So therefore, um, that federal money won't be used towards it and it's no longer a national emergency. Now, I have read reports that the pick for homeland security which will probably be one of the last ones to confirm that to be confirmed at this point because a lot of Republicans don't like them and it is a 50/50 split and some Democrats have some questions for them as well um, but uh, we it, it's been said that this person does you um, does not necessarily wants to want to stop the construction of the wall. He just wants to fund it properly. And that may actually happen if it does. Well, I don't like that. He stopped um, construction of it because it needs to be finished. But uh, at least at that point, Biden will recognize we needed a wall. I mean, think about it. Hillary said in the early 2000s, we need a wall. I don't know if we'll call it a wall, but we need a wall. Um, I think even Barack Obama made mention of it. So they know we need a wall, but um, because it came out of the man with the orange hair, because it came out of his mouth, people don't want it or these crazy liberals don't want it. Um, what do y'all think about that?
2: I'll say that, come like everybody watching everybody here, like these politicians are playing games with our money. This is our money. They're, they're straight up just, Joe Biden's like, ah, oh, this, this is racist, this wall, this object is racist, so now we can't have it, even though it's helping people, it's actually helping our country, it has it is a net positive, it was worth the investment, and now they're talking about halting construction, and even Democrats are going as far as saying, we need to tear down what was built, so that is literally playing with our money this is tax dollars that we could have used during this covid pandemic to help each other or to build ourselves up but we had to send it to pakistan so they can learn what a boy is it's it i'm I'm disgusting mm. my politicians. Like I, I'm getting to the point that I, I'm gonna build out uh, or I'm gonna bust out my guillotine because I, I'm getting sick of these politicians. <laughs> they're they're playing with our money. I I you know you guys know I'm I'm the big libertarian. Don't don't mess with my pocket and they're they're messing with my pockets and I don't like it. I, I don't there enjoy go. it. Go for
1: it, James. I mean, so I, I'm being from Arizona. I was uh, in a near border city of Tucson. I was an EMT and I was a first responder. Mm-hmm. And I've seen directly the result of not having border security. Um, I, there was parts of Tucson that was run by MS-13 that I was a part of that where I had to go and respond to the 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 mess that the politicians created, that there was parts mm-hmm. of, of our country that were run like a war zone. And that I was in the military and that there was places in my own home country, in my own backyard, Behind the base that I served at in my hometown, that were more dangerous than any of the places that I deployed to. So the problem is right now is that these these politicians are tone deaf, and they don't realize that the drastic effect that the cartel, drugs, and and all the gang members and this, the human trafficking that causes that happens in our communities. I mean. Do they were they not around in 2020 when human trafficking became one of the number one causes in the United States? There was a rally that I went to with Donald Trump Jr. and Charlie Kirk, in which they were just speaking about human trafficking and stopping human trafficking. And it was met with a round of applause, like standing ovation. And they mm-hmm. like, and even Donald Trump Jr. himself was like, Wow, like I we didn't realize like how important this was. And this is such a like a, a key issue to the American, like we don't like slavery. We don't like people treated like second class mm-hmm. citizens. We don't like even people pretending like they're being treated like second class citizens. So the fact that they're 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 tearing down the wall, they want to build in border security, they want to go back to the way things were after we made such progress on human trafficking, drug use and, and things of that nature, um, I it, it's tone death. And, you know, Arizona went blue for two times in two elections um, because everything was going great and they didn't have to focus on the border wall. Guess what? Joe Biden, you just delivered Arizona and all the border States right back to the Republicans. Uh,
0: so, I'm going to tailor this especially to people uh, conservative side, maybe even moderate Democrat, you know, say living in the suburbs, you say this, this isn't that big of an issue. It doesn't really affect them. It shouldn't be that big of a problem. Talk to plenty of people on on my side of the aisle and things that agree with me about this. And they say, Oh, immigration is not that big of a problem. It's not that big of an issue. Well, I think you might think of it as a bigger of an issue when those drugs, that fentanyl is getting infiltrated and it's getting sent into your, into your suburbs, into your cities, into your neighborhoods. It's sold on your streets. When people from your area are getting trafficked in and out over the border, thousands and thousands and thousands of them, and thousands and thousands of pounds of drugs are just coming in and out, in and out uh, through innocent people, people caught in the crossfire, and you have people taking jobs from your community that could have been used for able working black people instead, and you got people coming over here getting benefits, getting everything that they could have ever wanted just because they cut the line and they went over that border and got everything they wanted because they knew it wasn't going to be enforced. But it's not a big issue to you. Right. Well, the country is a lot bigger than, say, I don't know, the state of Nebraska, the state of Indiana or upstate New York, wherever, wherever you might be at. Uh, there's there's border states, there's border towns, there's Tucson, there's El Paso. You know, there's the RGV, the Rio Grande Valley. You know, there's there's Florida, there's California. There's all those areas and there are people and their lives are directly affected by things like this. Uh, Joe Biden, I definitely believe he did. Like when these bad things are going to happen, because bad things are going to happen with the stop, with stopping construction of this border wall, I believe he's de- directly responsible and I believe he's complicit in these horrible acts that are going to happen. There's going to be an uptick in people being trapped across the border, drugs being shot across the border. You know, God bless our border patrol. They're going to be working extra hard to stop these people. They're going to be working extra hard to try to stop these people when they get no support from the federal government, when Congress spits on them, gives them no sort of support and they're out there on their own, you know, God, God bless them, but this is absolutely ludicrous. And they turned it into a race issue when an illegal immigrant isn't a race either because the people come through that Southern border, aren't just from Mexico, they're coming from Central America. There's people coming from Africa. There's people coming from, from the Middle East that are coming up through the Southern border that people don't even know about, and they're sending all kinds of bad things through there too. Whether it's people, drugs, anything else you could even imagine that shouldn't be in this nation. And yeah. and you're saying it's not worth the effort, it's not worth the taxpayer dollars. You know, put put a put a dollar, put it put a number amount on American life. You put a dollar value in American life, Joe Biden. Put a dollar value on American life for me right now. Absolutely despicable. There's people, you're playing with people's lives, you're playing with everybody's well being. And those are the people in the suburbs, people that think that they're holier than thou, they just let them in, just let them in, just let them in. It's bigger than that. It's way bigger than that. You're out of your league. Do some research and look into this and what the real ramifications of this are. I care about my community more than anything else. And this stuff isn't helping anybody at all.
1: All right. Preach, brother. There you go.
3: Sorry, guys. I, I I know y'all have heard from me enough already. Um, the only the other thing I wanted to talk about is, um, apparently this is the one of the first administrations in a long time that did not have someone confirmed, not sworn in, but confirmed it from the cabinet um, picks. But a couple of people have gotten confirmed today. And I think maybe on Wednesday when Biden was inaugurated, Um, The first one that was um, confirmed was Avril Haynes. She apparently is uh, an American lawyer who is now the director of national intelligence. We have what? James, am I right? Is it around 20 um, intelligence agencies?
1: Uh, Am I correct on that? Honestly, uh, I don't even keep track because they pop up consistently like no other. I know Uh, the CIA, I know the CIA and
3: and,
1: yeah, And then you also have military intelligence as well. Right.
3: Um, But this was the first person in Biden's cabinet to be picked and there are cabinet positions that are not technically cabinet positions but they can be classified as such and that's at the discretion of whoever is the president and this is one of them. Um, Sometimes it's a UN ambassador, they're switched in and out within the cabinet or not, um, that's an aside. But, um, another one was Lloyd Austin. Lloyd Austin, um, is a former general under the Obama administration. He is now the secretary of defense. He's the first African American to be leading the, uh, Pentagon, which is the biggest, apparently it's the biggest, um, agency in our federal government, which rightfully so it's our military. Um, And so he was confirmed. Um, There should be several other people confirmed. Another one that was confirmed today, at least in uh, committee, and her confirmation should be tomorrow, is Janet Yellen, the next uh, Treasury Secretary. She was unanimously um, voted upon with a yay vote by the Finance Committee which I believe is now headed by Elizabeth Warren, red flag. Um, But uh, apparently people on both sides will agree that she will do her job fairly and will be professional about it and that she's qualified. Um,
0: Just really quickly, what do y'all think about these couple of picks? I don't know a whole lot about them to be honest with you. Not a lot like I know these people and what they do. yeah uh, uh, apparently
3: Trump picks Trump um pick people with name recognition these folks a lot of them if I were not as heavy into um politics and policy and government as much as I am um or at least the the nerdy stuff about it I wouldn't know who these folks are and I barely um know who these folks are so I I, I get that
1: but um the you know yeah i mean I, I, you. I mean i could jump in on yeah. that so like first of all with general austin uh did a little bit of research into his mm-hmm. background this is just the same old stuff that you see with democrats where they're picking your social justice experiment and on the military uh type generals where they don't really have any battle uh, hardened experience and you're going to see that when it comes to um you know if when and when we go to Syria, I think we're, it's a, a point where we're just going to end up going to Syria. Joe Biden's a war hawking Democrat. He believes in the military industrial complex, which no longer has a home in the Republican Party. And he's got to pay those donors because he's not like Donald Trump where he doesn't owe anybody anything. Um, on top of that. Uh, Also the treasury secretary. I did get to listen to her uh, speech when she was nominated. She wants to use the treasury as a means of social justice to bring equity to minorities. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she wants to do that through home loans and um, through a bunch of uh, finance programs in which uh, I don't know if you guys have heard about it, but they want to roll out a program in which only black people or minorities would be able to get business loans or first-time homebuyer loans, which I don't necessarily know how that's constitutional with the 14th Amendment, but that's something that they definitely want to do with the Treasury. So her unanimous approval in the in the Senate kind of bewilders me a little bit. Are they just going to give out loans to black people, regardless if they can pay them back or not? I mean, this seems like to be that's, the history. That's like that's I mean, that's the case. Well, that seems to be the history of, of Democrats mm-hmm. in general. Uh, if you look at the housing crisis of the early 2000s, that was caused Ooh. by a bill by Democrats in the 90s nice. in which they said that it wasn't fair that minorities and poor people didn't have homes. And so they were going to give them loans that they knew they couldn't afford and insure them. And if you're Chase Banks, and then they blamed it on the banks. Well, like if you're Chase Bank and you have a no-risk um no risk opportunity to make money like why wouldn't you take the money i I don't see why they they wouldn't those those loans were insured by the government and i I assume a similar structure is going to come through because what what do we what do we hear those who don't pay attention to history are doomed to repeat it and i I, you're going to see that with the student loans that come by right now and you're going to see that with these black owned business that these promises they're going to promise that uh, you're gonna get. You're gonna be able to own your own business, and you're gonna be a successful black business owner. But at the same time, they're gonna screw you on the back end. And when these come into fruition in four to eight years, they'll be able to blame it on a Bush or a Trump or, a, or whoever the next person is in eight years, and say, "Oh, see, it was system- systemic racism is the reason why your your business didn't fail, not because we screwed you over with a, a deal that was that was gonna fail in the beginning." You, you know, James. I'm glad you brought that up because it's funny.
3: Yes, there was a time in America. um, And if you're uh, someone that is left leaning watching this, I'm explaining some history to you right now.
1: Yes, there was a
3: time in America where banks would not lend to black folks, responsible people that paid their bills on time. They would not lend money to black folks to create a business or to own a home because of their black skin. Yes, there was a time in America that 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 happened, and it's wrong. That part is wrong because of black skin. Now if you are an irresponsible um person or you're not in a position where you may be responsible in your head, yeah yeah, probably so, but you're not in a financial position to take on a loan, um, then you shouldn't begin a loan, but that it but that is pretty much a standard for everybody now. um I think civil rights legislation already should have um curtailed at least most of that um discrimination especially within the housing markets and things like that uh it should have already happened of course there are going to be some inconsistencies we're imperfect um beings so there are there are always going to be inconsistencies and we'll try to root those out but um i don't agree with just get just giving somebody a loan because they are black. And because yes, this is what happened in history. We're trying to rectify it. You know, uh, my my dad, he is a preacher. He he used to be a bishop and was over a church, right? So my dad used to say, hell is paved with good, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Um, And I'm gonna reference a Bible story uh, during the time of King David, and King David, of course, he fought many wars, um, and I, I am doing heavy paraphrasing, so please don't judge me. There was a time where the Ark of the Covenant, which um, ho- held the uh, Ten Commandments, and, and during um, certain times of the month, you know, that God is supposed is supposed to come through the Ark of the Covenant and bless the people or, um, or, you know, forgive sins or, or whatnot. That's how they communicated with God through the Ark of the Covenant. Right. And they were transporting it, um, to where David was and the man named, uh, either it was Uzziah or Uriah. And I, and again, I apologize for not knowing. Um, he, it, the, okay. Basically the Ark of the Covenant was about to fall off of uh, what they were uh, carrying it on. And and the man had good intentions, but because he was not supposed to do it, um, God killed him on the spot. And I think the arc was damaged or lost or something like that. Now he had a good intention, but guess what? He had to pay for um, his good intention. Uh, got a lot of Democrats, a lot of, even I will say a lot of socials, They think they have good intentions and they may actually truly believe that this is going to help people. But like I said before, the road to hell is paved for good intentions. Um, just because you have a good intention does not mean it is for everyone's good or it is for the good of the people of, of those folks who it is meant for. Um, so th- this is one of those programs, one of the many programs they're going to try to implement that had good intentions, but it's going to backfire.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at affirmative action, giving loans out to people who can't afford to pay them back. How does that help out Mm -hmm. people in the real world? How does that help people at all if you just give them them the way out without actually teaching them anything? Mm -hmm. And then, oh, they failed. And you're surprised. It makes makes no sort of sense. You know, so. Yeah. Good intentions, it'll it backfire. Just show it. It's not good.
2: I, w- I want to make a comment, uh, kind of an example that no one has mentioned, which is a huge problem and a huge debate in America right now. Student loans. This is student loans. They The government gave up student loans to dumb 18-year-olds. They gave them tens of thousands of dollars, expected them to pay them back. And now you have people who are saying, well, my, my African dance theory uh, – a bachelor's degree. I can't no. afford my half a million dollars in loans I took out. Government, can can you please pay that for me? And that is exactly what's gonna happen again. If they start giving out business loans to black people, home yeah. loans to black people, or just you know, anybody based on their race. I mean it's gonna be black people because they want to keep the black vote until they uh, you know uh Basically, naturalized enough uh, immigrants to replace black people, and then they're gonna throw black people to the wayside. I mean, that's that's this is exactly what's gonna happen. And I guarantee, if this continues down this road, and they give out these loans to black-owned businesses and minority-owned businesses and my, minority mm-hmm. students or minority homeowners, then in 15 years or 10 years or eight years, we're gonna have a lot of homeless or jobless. Mm-hmm or, you know, uneducated or just in heavy debt minorities. And like, like James said, that's when all of these white liberals are going to say, look at this systemic racism. I've never seen it so bad in this country. Martin Luther King is rolling in his grave. That's what they're going to be saying. Uh, it it uh, Again, it's just uh, history's repeating itself. And uh, I don't think Democrats learned the first time that you shouldn't give a loan to somebody who can't pay it back. It's only common sense.
3: Uh, uh, I- thank you for saying that. Chris Martin Luther King is rolling over in his grave. He's really rolling over in his grave about this abortion mess. I'll tell you that
1: Uh, I love I love to jump even a little bit further on that. Like the other problem when you give out loans to people uh, that can't afford them is it doesn't change the fact that it doesn't make things not affordable. So, Mm -hmm. like, for example, with college, um, if you give out loans to people for degrees that they can't pay back, there's no incentive for these colleges to to lower the cost of the of that degree right there's no reason that a a interpretive african studies dance or whatever degree should cost you two hundred thousand dollars right in student loans but you're gonna get it and there's no incentive for the college to go "Mm, next year i think we're gonna lower the cost there isn't because next year the money's still gonna be there and it's gonna be guaranteed by the government so they're only gonna raise the prices i promise you it does not cost you two hundred thousand dollars to learn about african dance studies and so it's the same thing that's going to happen with the housing market which it did before when you did this is the housing market prices are going to rise to a ridiculous amount in which you're only going to be able to qualify for a two hundred thousand dollar loan but because we've speculated it on the amount of money that's available that that money that money is not going to be able to buy the house that you want to begin with so you are end up going to be paying for a program that banks are going to own more houses and it's going to be the biggest wealth um, exchange from black the black community into big business and this isn't really about helping the black community this is helping about mm-hmm. helping their the, the crony corporatists that are now funding the Democrat Party JP Morgan Chase is not a, a, a Republican company anymore but Wells Fargo uh, Bank of America they're not Republican companies so this is going to be a giant transfer of wealth from the black community into their corporate hands that pay off Joe Biden and those people to begin with so don't fall for this trick because it's just going to be a a, tr- a a transfer of wealth to help them stay in power for much longer. And I I I I think it's wrong. And it's the true racism is that the Democrats feeding off uh, of black people and and other minorities, trying to say that they're trying to help them and take advantage and scam them.
0: My, my last thing here: How does this help black people generate generational wealth? It doesn't. Mm-hmm. That's what the that's what black people has been asking for for so long. And they're going to take this and not have it. And then be so disappointed years down the road when they still don't have generational wealth. They don't have anything to show for it. Exactly. They're going to have nothing.
1: What in the world? But keep voting for those people. Keep voting for them. Go ahead. You create generational wealth when you create jobs that you don't need degrees for like the the biggest time that we saw upward mobility in this country is when we had factories and we had a good paying American jobs that you in trades. There's thousands of jobs with trades that go unfilled every single year because Democrats tell people in high school that if you don't go to college, you're stupid. You're you're not, you're not as good as everybody else. The working class man is a sucker. Right. And you know what? That's not the truth because there is a lot of people that that have got an internship in electricians or got an internship in plumbers that are making thousands of dollars more than I am. And I went to school and got my degree in political science, right? Like who's the real clown now? I owe them money and they're making more money than I am and having weekends off and get to set their own price. So I think the biggest issue, I think the biggest thing that we can do is set up, if we're gonna set up generational wealth, we actually need to set up people with jobs Good-paying jobs that there's upward mobility, and that we can uh, stop taxing them to death, and so that and and putting them in in debt. Like you can't you can't create generational wealth when you're scamming people into debt for their entire life, and then whatever money they have left over, you're going to take away with the debt tax. Like that's not how that's not how you fix generational things. Democrats do want to keep people down because without um, you know the welfare state or you know this. Um, this minimum minimum wage type thing, where they want to give like everybody six hundred dollars a month, um, they're they're trying to scam people into being reliant on the government, and they're taking advantage of black people. And I, I think it's absolutely wrong, and I think it's racist.
2: Yeah, I mean, I living I, I live outside. Well, now I just moved uh, further from the city, um, but I grew up and raised on Eight Mile, uh, lived in Detroit. Um, but, you know, obviously I had to move farther away and it's, it's not because the city's bad or the the crime rate was bad or anything. I mean, those things are kind of true, but it's mainly because Democrats want to keep raising taxes and make it harder to do anything within the city. That's why everything is on the opposite end of eight mile, meaning that everything's outside of Detroit. So you get Detroit labor without paying Detroit taxes. Um, so, so basically saying I'm coming from a black community coming from, you know, where I come from, you know, you, you see how bad the black community really does have it and all of these programs that democrats are trying to put into place all of the incentives or anything that they're trying to do it it's been tried it's been tried and it does not work they do not understand that bigger government does not prove incentive it does not make people want to work it does not make people basically Uh, improve. uh, You're just giving loans to people who are not going to be able to pay it off. Like Chris said, they they won't be able to have generational wealth. They'll have nothing to show for the work that they did all their lives. And then, then they'll never be able to retire. How many people of color in this country will never be able to retire? And it's because we're not doing anything to be able to just help them improve themselves. We can't give it to them. They have to improve themselves. You know, I'd rather my tax dollars go to, you know, instead of giving them home loans, I'd rather it go to bettering their education because education is one of the key things. Not in, not increased spending in education. Let me, you know, kind of uh, clear that up because education gets way too much money. Uh, I think improving education and increasing spending are two different things. And there's a lot of things our education system does wrong. I just so no one sound bites me and say, "Look, Chris said this, but um, you know, I, I think that it's it's very important that instead of just trying to give it to, give anything to just the minorities because they are minorities. We need to help them kind of catch up and get that generational wealth so we can really truly live in a in a society where we, we no longer are seeing race um, or we're, we're no longer living in such a socioeconomically segre- segregated country. And usually that is by race because poor people, a lot of the time in urban cities are minorities and it's, it's it happens. And it's just a long stem a long piece of uh history that's unfortunately still in this country that we need to fix so how how are democrats going to do it well we got two years to see they have all the reins of control um and i have a feeling that it's only going to get worse because democrats going to do something stupid but at least they'll be able to sleep really nice on their silk pillows
0: We're going to see, man. we got time. We're going to see. I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, Great week here this week on Black Friday. Thanks for tuning in. If you guys are interested in sponsoring an episode, please reach out to either me, Omar, or Chris, or hit our page up at Black Friday NFS. We'd be more than happy to take care of that and get you on our sponsorship. And uh, Thank you again. We'll see you next Friday. Everybody have a great weekend. Bye
3: é isso não é